Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad, because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I imagine I'm not the only one going through something like this because I was thinking about like, yeah, right? <laughs> Shaking your heads, that's really sweet. Um, like the last 20 years, like we've said, have been volatile in, in, our, econo- in our economy as a whole, depending on, yeah. you know, more so maybe on what industry you're in, doesn't matter. But I can't be the only, like, you know, woman or that has had to struggle in this very strange way with the up and downs of it all. Hi, I'm Lindsay Stanberry. I am the founder of The Purse, which is a site for women and money. And I worked for many years as a journalist at Fortune and CNBC and Refinery29. And I'm Barbara Ginty, and I'm a certified financial planner. I'm the host of the Future Rich podcast, and I own a wealth management firm during the day. And Lindsay and I are very excited to be bringing you a four-week series where we're interviewing real women about their money. It should be really interesting. Tune in, and you can check out all of our interviews. Are you ready to talk about money? I guess so. I mean, there's never a good time, is there? (laughs) As you would both know. Yeah, it's always a good time to talk about it. It's always a good time, yeah. (laughs) So, Nina, would you mind starting by introducing yourself for our guest? Yeah. Um, Hi, everybody. My name is Nina Mehta, um, and I guess I'm the first guest here, and I'm very excited to be with both of you, uh, Lindsay and Barbara. Um, I can tell you a little bit about myself, but I don't know how interesting that is. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Great. Um, I am a media professional, I guess, for the last 20 years. I live here in New York City, um, although that's not where I am currently, um, but that's how we all work, right? Um, and yeah, I've been in the media business, both across print, um, mostly digital, but across print, broadcast, um, and digital for the last it's hard, it's even wild to say over 20 years. <laughs> it goes fast, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> And Lindsay's like, yeah, it does. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so fast and yeah. so slow at the same time. Uh, yes, exactly. So slow yet so like this at the same yeah. time. And then tell us a little bit. So maybe a professional. Like, so you were W two or ten ninety nine that time, or 
Um, both. Actually, that's a great question. Um, thank you. Uh, you would think I would have this story sort of memorized by this point. Um, so by the mere fact that I said I'm in media, I think that also sort of opens up a lot of questions about how volatile our industry has been, especially over the last 20 years. Um, so I have been full-time W-2 at like the big corporate media houses front and down to working at startups. And then um, 1099, I freelanced for about almost seven years. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, not entirely by choice, but not entirely not by choice, if that makes sense. It was following the 08 mortgage crisis, housing crisis. Oh. Yeah, everyone knows. <laughs> We're all like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was at like an interesting point in my career. I was sort of manager, mid-manager level. So it was, um, I couldn't necessarily go out into the world and get entry level or like even more mm -hmm. like, entry-level-ish type work, but at the same time, I wasn't qualified for like VP <laughs> at the time. So it was an interesting and a weird place to be. And honestly, that mar the market, I don't know if you had different experiences, um, either of you, but especially in media, it was, um, there wasn't, there, the hiring was more on a consulting and freelance basis. Mm -hmm. So that was what was available to me as much as I wanted to go back in full-time. Um, I I worked for myself for about almost seven years, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. The hard part about working for yourself is you're responsible for everything, including your own retirement. And Indeed. Think, uh, yeah. There's a lot that goes into it that I think people. Yeah. There's a. I mean, you're right. From the very uh, from the very sort of obvious to like how do how do I save for retirement to the very basic, which I think many people, you know, women and men don't really sort of take into account, like, how do I, how do I cover my taxes even? Yeah. You yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, yes. I'm like, <laughs> what they had are. A rude like, awakening. <laughs> yeah. People underestimate that a lot because you're not only paying for your federal and your case state at city. So three taxes, you're then yeah. having to set aside your FICA taxes, which is your yeah. uh, social security um, Medicare, which is, yeah. which is quite a big number. People don't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a very, as I said, very rude awakening one, one tax year. And it was happened to be thankfully a year that professionally, like I just did very well on the freelance basis. Right. So you think you're, everything is going great. You're like, I'm making money. <laughs> I can pay this exorbitant amount of healthcare that I have to pay for, which basically just covers if I get hit by a bus. <laughs> Um, but you're feeling good. And then, and then, um, April comes around or just before April. And I realized the large amount that I had to pay, um, for my taxes, which I hadn't, um, actually sort of, I hadn't done a quarterly payments or set aside mm -hmm. uh, again, thankfully I had the money, but it was still painful. <laughs> and yeah, I, the accountant never tell until you have that big year. The accountant's never like, oh, by the way, if you make more money, you're going to owe exorbitantly more. Because yeah. everything, it's a percentage. So everything goes up. Everything. And and logically, or I should say intellectually, like we all understand that, right? Mm -hmm. To a certain extent. Yeah. But what I think is also, and I mean, I'm I'm lucky, which is kind of funny to be on this uh, podcast. My dad's a financial planner. So I've always had someone kind of, in my ear. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I'm not his best client. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure he would tell you that. <laughs> um, but having said that, like, I, I didn't even understand quite frankly until he sat down and kind of like 
mapped it out for me the how the how tax brackets work and obviously how those percentages change even if you're just at the lower end of the next bracket and how dramatically that changes not just what yeah. you pay in taxes but like everything yeah yeah those steps and like it can be dollars right and you're yes. like oh just dollars no. exactly yeah. Just, yeah that makes a huge difference yeah yeah so I learned a lot in those seven yeah. not always, um, not always lessons that I was like happy to learn. I mean, like happy to learn. Yes, but not in the moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's good lessons to learn, but it'd almost be better if you didn't learn it by what I would say, like bumping into the furniture. Like if you didn't yes. learn it when you got a tax bill and be like, okay, yeah. now I need to, like, if you learned it in advance, it's always a little better, yeah. but most people don't even find out that way. Yeah. I, I like that metaphor bumping into the furniture. Indeed. Yeah. That's what it feels like, especially with the tax bill, like you ran into a wall or something. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the reasons I really was like excited to talk to you both was um, literally about this. Like, I think many people who've been in the industry for at least 20 years, if not a little bit more, and I, I know, I think it's all of us here on this call, um, you know, it's been a crazy two decades, if not more, um, just economically, like I, I look at, I look back at my career and I think I've hit almost every major economic crisis yeah. in the last 20 years. Right. Yeah. So that's like dot-com bubble, housing mortgage crisis, COVID. Yeah. What am I missing? Yeah. <laughs> the great pivot of like 2013. Yes. The great pivot of 2013. And I think I have at least in all of, well, during 2013, I was freelancing, but prior to that, for all of those major, I had a full-time job and I had, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, either laid off or things changed during those periods. So yeah. it has made saving a challenge mm-hmm. because you're constantly right. saving and then having to dip into your savings sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you're constantly in a state of rebuilding, not just financially, but also uh, your professional career. Like how, yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you make the case for, oh, I should get this much money or I should negotiate for this title um, when you have been sort of in, in this sort of roller coaster of a, of a financial and professional market. So it, it certainly makes things um, challenging. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Especially what's happened in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. So where where are you right now with your finances? Great question. Um, I am in again a state of rebuilding. <laughs> okay. Um, so a, lot, a large part of it had to do with um, the very last crisis we've been through. So COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I was laid off. I want to say like May 2020. Um, and at that point, again, working in media, I was working for big media, and everyone was very concerned because this I was on um, the digital side, but broadcast. So at that time, people didn't even know how are we going to make TV? How are we going to make movies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was interesting that the digital team got cut because of all things that that was the one thing we could do. <laughs> Um, but you know, it, it was, it was a, it was, it was a big shock for everyone, nevertheless. So, uh, 2020, I got laid off and now it's like a different state of life than 2008. I'm older, um, mm-hmm. te- you know, technically more experienced and it almost made it harder at that point. Um, and the concerns that you have about yourself and money are so much different than they were 15 years ago, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we were in COVID. So, (laughs) 
Um, so I actually didn't work for all of 2020, or I should say I worked, but I wasn't uh, paid for that work um, in 2020. Okay. Um, went back to work in 2021 and, and made a, something of like a career pivot. Um, I went into the nonprofit sector. Um, still doing what I do as, as a media person, but for nonprofit that in and of itself was challenging. And I don't, um, that it made the fit challenging. So I wasn't there for very long. I was there through 2021, had to shift again. (laughs) And, um, in 2022, I took a job with a startup, which I was really excited about, um, which, you know, is funny because it's, if we want to go back to the story, that's where this all started in 2000. <laughs> um, I went yeah. to a startup and we had, if, if you recall last year during fourth, fourth quarter, a lot of companies, especially startups were struggling because of not just the ad market, but just what was seeming to be the impending recession, the, the looming yeah. recession that people were talking about. The and- longest looming recession ever. I was yeah, gonna, we I still was don't have. We don't have. Like, what do you guys think about that? Because I've still we don't have one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but people were very nervous last yeah. fourth quarter, um, and I got cut um, almost rightly so. It was a startup that was, um, and my role was to build the U.S. arm of the operations. And if you're not sure about how you're going to be making your money, or right. don't mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's- it's really hard when you're cut and you're like, yeah, I would have made that same decision. I've been in that position before. Yeah, I like, yeah. yeah. That I, was I a do, smart financial move. It w- I get it. Like I, for the, the rational side of me, it was like, that's the right business decision. Right. I would argue you should have known that, <laughs> and not, but nevertheless, um, yeah. maybe I should have known that and not accepted the position. You know, there's a whole host of, yeah. Um, so what that has meant, sorry to get back to your question, Barbara, what that has meant is that I, I realized like in the, when I was doing my taxes <laughs> this year, that in the year of 2022, I actually was only gainfully employed for about four and a half months. I, that meant not just unemployment because we know unemployment only, you know, it gets you by honestly, which I'm grateful for, but still. What that meant was that I was had to dip into my savings. I live in New York. I have a rent in New York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and all those things, and um, nearly had to deplete what just just so that I could like live and pay my bills mm-hmm. and all of that. Not necessarily go to St. Bart's. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> right, yeah, just your living, just to cover your living. Just, just living. Just- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was truly, and it, it's so to get back to what you were asking. What was interesting to me is that it didn't um, click or it didn't make it. I didn't see how much of my savings were actually gone, even though I could see the number, like, but I didn't really understand it until I had to do my taxes. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, huh, where did all my money go? (laughs) And were you pulling from retirement accounts as well? No, personal savings. So thankfully I didn't touch yeah, at least not because I'm always thinking is then you're get you're paying taxes to. Yes. Oh, trust me, that was drilled into my head by that okay. same person that I told you about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but having said that, like, don't that that was certainly a thought way back in my head. I was like, does do I have to? Like, am I going to have to? What is that going to mean? Um, like I said, thankfully I did not have to. Yeah. 
Um, but it did impact other elements of sort of retirement savings. So I also have, um, like this, uh, a, I'm going to describe it incorrectly, so please forgive me. Um, a like a a consolidated sort of account that is mutual funds and life insurance. It's like a, you know what I'm talking about. You both know mm-hmm. what I'm talking. <laughs> and you have so to you have yeah. So are you have like a universal life policy? No, it's a a, a, var- a variable annuity. That's what it is. Thank you very That's much. Okay. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. That's what it is. Okay, good. Um, I was about to fall off the floor if you had a universal life policy. No, no, no. It's a variable. Um, so you're I can remember it. So yourself that's a way to self-fund for retirement if you don't have a and and um have life insurance coverage, like a like a bulk amount. It, ha- it has a, a death a death benefit on it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it does. Um, but the the overall, I guess, um, coverage amount essentially mm-hmm. is um, obviously something I can tap into if I need long term care at some point, mm-hmm. um, all of that. So it's really great. But where it goes back to what I was just talking about um, in this past year, I haven't been able to make the payments as regularly into that program mm-hmm. for all the reasons I just told you. Um, which is problematic because what that means is like it can either completely expire or they will just cut off like any any amount that you put in. Um, uh, essentially, if you... who is it by? What company is it through? I should know this off the top of my head. Forgive me. Um, no, it's it'll, okay. come to, it'll come to me. Yeah, it'll come um, to you. Yeah, because I actually think maybe it's not variable a variable annuity. It is variable. It's a, a variable, but it might not be a variable annuity. It might be mm-hmm. a universal life insurance policy, which has a variable component, because mm-hmm. you're saying you have to make payments to it. And with a variable annuity, you don't have to make payments. To spend those amounts. Actually, I believue you're right. I'm looking it up. Sorry. It's a, v- a v- VUL, so variable universal. universal life policy. Yeah. Okay. Pardon me. So that, yeah. So, and the annuity, what I was describing was something that can be used to self-fund a retirement account if you're making a lot of money and for whatever reason don't want to use like a separate is going to do a variable annuity it's tax deferred it has a death benefit, mm-hmm. benefit component can have a pension component depends what you pay for anyway it has like all the different features there's also universal life policies which is more focused it has investments but it's more focused on the death benefit and has mandatory payments like when you said you had to make a payment that's when i realized got it okay okay so you've been um, pulling you've been not paying them have you been pulling out of that i have been uh so what had happened was last year like i i couldn't make the monthly payments that i was making so i was kind mm-hmm. of making them as i could okay. um the issue with that being is that it doesn't you, you're not meet, meeting your um target right for yeah. that <clears throat> Which then could make it all for naught naturally, right? Yeah. Um, figured out a solution. Uh, so um, I have a bunch, obviously, through all the years that I've worked, I've had 401ks and I've rolled them mm-hmm. over into my personal. Um, and my last one, basically, what we did was we did a, um, we, we extract, we took the money um, and just put it directly into that VOL so that it covered um, whatever was missing and okay. like, that's done now. So that, 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 that was one, we just sort of shifted that money. And did you do that with your dad? I did that with my dad. Yeah. Okay. Well, him and and the people that he works with. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So in that respect, like the, we were able to figure out a solution and sort of cover mm-hmm. that, but I bring all this up to say that these were sort of the rolling questions and also oh shit shit moments mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was coming up against um in the last year year and a half yeah 
Yeah, it's a lot to, I agree. And you're living in a high cost city and then with so much instability or instability in the mm-hmm. um, arena that you work in and then the mm-hmm. way you get paid in that arena depends, right? Yeah. And then having had seven years of being alone, which can be amazing, but it also- it, and a lot of it was, to be fair. Yes, but it can also have an impact on your finances if it's not structured, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a lot. It's a lot. I am back in full-time world again. Okay. Um, okay. I should have, I should have, I should have led with that. <laughs> um, I am back in full-time world and oddly enough, back in media. <laughs> so it, it feels like very much of a rebuilding stage right now. The job feels very stable. Um, it, I did take a pay cut, um, which I don't think is going to be a surprise because I feel like many of us have had to do that in certain points of our career so I take a pay cut which is not great so that also adds to sort of that yep you know but I do feel like it's a rebuilding time now so now I'm rebuilding my savings um Mm -hmm. we figured out the VUL um funding my 401k again you know all of those things so it it, there there is something like uh you know cyclical about this and I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. around back but it does feel very much like now I'm rebuilding again if not sometimes even feels like a little bit scratch starting from scratch not entirely but you know can I ask about the decision to take the pay cut I'm just curious you know what you know was it just the hope that the job would be more secure and and there'd be rather Um, than just like holding out for something yeah yeah um I held out for a while (laughs) yeah uh, and uh, so two, uh, there were a number of reasons why I took this job and I had another offer, which was oddly enough, paying me what I wanted. It was two things. So the, the job that I'm at currently, um, I'm working actually with a former colleague. Um, so there is a sense of trust in all of that, mm-hmm. which to be fair, necess- wasn't necessarily always in place for those last two positions that I told you about. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that. Um, I negotiated for more money, even though, so it was even less than if that, if that helps. Um, and she was able to secure as much as she could. And I know she was being honest with me. We were pretty transparent. Um, and the other job, the other offer, I should say, which was offering me what I wanted seemed much more volatile. Um, Mm -hmm. and volatile in the sense the organization was great. Uh, everyone I met was great. The person that I was reporting into, and this is probably more of an experience thing that I think we can all attest to. I had a very strong feeling in in, in all the conversations that we had that uh, the team was not, uh, or the team, the organization wasn't set up for success. And basically mm-hmm. I was going to be brought in to manage her and mentor the younger staff. So basically playing mom. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I've done, I'm sure you've all done. Sometimes it can be very rewarding, but in this moment you're like I want to be able to feel like I'm actually producing and um adding value to the job that I'm doing rather than fixing up people's messes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming in to clean up a mess is really hard. And that, and that's not the first time that I've been brought in for that. Um, But this time it it truly felt like either there was no way that I was going to get a win out of this. Let me put it that way. Um, Yeah. So it was a hard decision, but I'm, I'm very like confident that I made the right decision. (laughs) 
um, they're still hiring for that role, just FYI. Oh, that's always fun to go back and check and be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've kept in touch with the HR person. She was lovely. Um, and it, we never talk specifically about what I'm telling you right now. But yeah, I everyone that I spoke to, including the person that I would have been reporting into, led me to that conclusion. And I don't think I was wrong. That was that that yeah. was the reason I took uh, the job with the pay cut, but also negotiated. So it wasn't a massive pay cut. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's one of the things that I think comes with the experience that really can be a lifesaver, right? You get yeah. more clarity on what the job offers and like what you want out of the job and what you're willing to do. And sometimes yeah. the pay cut is worth it just for sanity's sake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. These are questions that I would not have known to have even asked right. or, or even pick up on even mm -hmm. five years ago, honestly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good. Good. So experience in bad decisions sometimes are really helpful, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was the reason for that. And like I said, it's, I, I don't regret the choice. Do I wish I was making more money? Yes. Um, every month <laughs> I feel that, um, but, um, I, I still think it will, it will lead to the right thing. Um, eventually, um, like this, this, uh, this feels like a nice place to be at the time at the moment and will be part of this rebuilding process that I was telling you about. Do you think that there's this opportunity to grow with the family? Like in terms of Groger? Your income within this organization mm -hmm. um it's really small so i don't know um i i can't see it based on what we're looking at right now what i could potentially see is if i decided that i have to create a different type of position for myself that doesn't exist currently um mm -hmm. i could see that <laughs> okay. um but unless my boss leaves no <laughs> yeah but, but you have benefits like yes, I have all the, okay. yeah, I'm uh, very grateful for all of that. Um, I've never loved healthcare more than I have in the last 15 years of my life. <laughs> and when I, I, I mean, I even remember having to buy healthcare before we had the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say it was uh, literally just the bare minimum if I had to go to the emergency room, that type of coverage. Um, thankfully, I was able to get something better through the Affordable Care Act, something slightly better, but it's still, it's still pretty minimal. It, yeah, it can be, even if you're paying um, the platinum prices or the gold prices, yeah. which are easily what, like a couple of thousand, if I remember, like, I think I paid like close to 2000 for one of my plans a month. Um, So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, no, healthcare is okay. very, very expensive. We, we all know that. <laughs> this is why it's still a hot topic um amongst our legislators <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. okay so in the rebuilding phase where can Lindsay and I help you or do you have any you I think uh that's a great question I think for me um it's really about just kind of making sure like I don't fall in any traps like mm -hmm. You know the the most obvious being credit card debt, and I'm pretty um pretty on top of it. Um, in terms of I'm not pretty on top of it. I'm I, you know I'm very on top of my credit card payments. But you can imagine that obviously in the year past, I had to rely. I had no choice. I had to rely right. on my credit cards as well. So 
my balance is higher than I would like it Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the moment. It's, it's all being paid off monthly as it should. And I'm, I don't, I don't foresee any issues with that, but I guess my, my, my question to your point is like, where, what are those traps? What, is there anything that I can be doing differently or um, better in terms of how, how can I save more without um, I guess in ways that I'm not even thinking about right now <laughs> so that I'm rebuilding stronger. And how, and how far, how long do you think you have until like retirement? Like when you would want to stop working? Like, and that's very um, different. I ask that because it's very different. Yeah. So some people are like, I only want to work for UTC and 65. And some of it's aspirational, but like a realistic number where you think you would need to work to be able to save enough to supplement yourself. So like, you don't, yeah, yeah. I think I have at least another 20 years before I'm like, okay, okay it's time to retire. Um, but I like to, I mean, I, you know, like all of us, I think at one point I was like, I'm going to retire when I'm 40. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> and then you get um, to 40 and you're like, oh, that was real. That, that went by quickly. And also yeah. I live in New York. <laughs> um, but yes, I think I have at least some, another 20 years before that becomes like a, a must do. Well, I think like those sneaky things that people don't use especially in a high um tax city like new york because you're putting and so mm. taking advantage the benefit of now having even though you took a pay cut which i think it's still i agree i think that was a good move being in a high tax city like new york you want to make sure you take advantage of all of the work benefits that you have that are pre-tax you know, a lot mm. of people overlook them and that does add up but over 20 years for instance if you stay in mm-hmm. new york for 20 Saving a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred or two thousand or three thousand, whatever you end up saving on taxes, if you can do that for twenty years, it does work out to be a material number. One yeah. year isn't material, but over the over your entire, you know, twenty years of saving to retirement, it will work out to be a big one. And I do feel like it takes a little bit of time to sit down and figure out what your company offers and what those pre-tax benefits are and how you can yeah. of them. And so I feel like people skip them often. But like the HSA, if that's available, like if you don't use it, that can be used for retirement. That can be another retirement bucket for you. Right. So stuff like that is pretty helpful. And they're little, mm-hmm. like little adjustments. It's nothing major to your budget. Okay. Um, that's great to know. I do take advantage of those things, but you're right there. Like every company has a lot of these little things that you don't, like it's not advertised. You really have to no. like dig. No, you have to do <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you say that. I just had this conversation with a colleague of mine, I think on Friday, because she's been there for like 10 years. And she and she's like, oh, yeah, I know where like basically where all the bodies are. <laughs> and I was like, can you just send me everything that you know? And she's like, yeah, 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 I'll get on that. I'm going to say because she's like, there's stuff that you won't even know that we do. And I was like, please send that to me. So, yes. But it's really important, I think, to decide if where you're spending it, your money is actually serving you. Like, is it aligned yeah. with what you want for your life? And yeah, yeah, it's super fun to take Ubers and get managers and managers. And I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but sometimes when you sit down and take the time to say, oh, wow, I'm actually spending a lot more than I realize on mm-hmm. whatever X is. I'm not saying it's coffee, avocado, whatever, but. <laughs> I'm spending a lot on, I have a Metro card and I'm actually spending a lot more on talking to neighbors than I realize that it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or not leaving early enough or whatever it is. And that doesn't, and I'm not going to give a case in the but if I cut out this one area of my budget that actually is not important to me, that's just, I want to say more just reactive. Money. 
reactive spending, like yeah. spending because you're standing in the rain and now you're late and so you pay the 50 bucks for the Uber, which is a reaction to the day, not a proactive decision. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? Totally yeah. Fair. yeah. I am, I was like, when I still had a full-time job, I was such a, such a treat person. Like whenever I had a bad day, I needed a treat. Yeah. And like, it could be like, like nothing. It'd be like a Dunkin' Donuts donut. Donut. Or donut was my treat for me. Yeah. <laughs> always. Always always there for a donut, Nina. Um, but sometimes it'd be like really expensive. Like I'd like mm-hmm. leave work early and I'd go shopping and I'd buy like a new dress or new shoes or um so when I was like trying to figure out this is really funny. I was like, I went through this big process where I did a huge audit on my finances and I looked at all of my spending, all of my credit card bills to see if mm-hmm. I could like actually leave my job. And what mm-hmm. was I spending on? And then I said, you know, in January, I was not going to spend no extraneous money. And my son kept asking for a new video game. And I was like, it was just Christmas. Like you've got all these presents, you're not buying a new video games, right? So speed forward to May, where I'm actually getting ready to leave my job. And I'm once again, like, no, no extraneous spending. And so we're walking down the street one day and he was like, you know, mama, can I have this new video game? And I was like, well, I'm not really spending it right now. And he was like, mama, that was January. This is May. That when- sounds so accurate. I can't, it just makes right? me laugh. Yeah. Right? And I was like, he was like, was there a time in between when I could have gotten a new video game? He's like, I just want to know what my window is. <laughs> what was my window and how did I miss it? But I do think that like really going through, like it was really enlightening to see what I had spent on when I didn't think about it. Yeah. Um, and how easy it is to kind of cut some of those things, not like entirely, but just like be more mindful of it. Exactly. Even being more mindful. I, I think I can certainly get back to that because I remember for a while there I was using, which it still exists, Mint Mobile, um, mm-hmm. which kind of gives you like all those pretty graphs and bar charts in terms of like understanding where your money is going, um, which I personally found really helpful because to your point, yeah. I was like, oh, I guess I do eat out a lot. You know, <laughs> like, Things like that. For me, that was always um, where I think my treat money or mm-hmm. my reactive spending went. It was like a night out at dinner, you know, yeah. which always seems fine in the moment. But then when you look at it across that bar chart, it's a completely different story. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think making so. those small little things, if you know what you're doing. So like, let's say then you, and let's say you normally eat out Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you say, okay, like one weekend night, I'm, I know when you work in people's apartments, but you could say like, I'm going to meet a friend in the park and I'm going to, we're going to eat in the park instead of at mm-hmm. a restaurant and I'm going to bring my own wine. Technically, is illegal, but no one's ever caught me. <laughs> and you know, I'm like, I'm going to bring leftovers from the night before, or I'm going to pack some groceries, and I'm going to sit and meet a friend in the park because you're still out meeting somebody. But instead of it being a hundred dollars, it's like yeah. you're using the groceries you already spent, and you're using the wines you already spent. And and those sound like silly little changes, but the way to think about mm-hmm. it is, if that's weekly saving you a hundred dollars, it's four hundred a month, right? So that adds up to be like 5,000 for the year yeah. about times 20 years. It, so if we're trying to rebuild yeah. your saving and get you ultimately to a really financially secure spot, one little tweak like that, and it doesn't have to yeah. be every weekend, can be pretty material. And it's nothing 
I, I feel like there's no magic with saving. It is just that you have to put the money away and she just have to decide yeah, where yeah. is it going to come from and what it, yeah. and just finding what aligns with you. So maybe you're spending more on transportation than you realize or on clothing or makeup, whatever it is, you just have to see, and it doesn't have to be massive. And like Lindsay said, it doesn't have to be permanently. Like you could say, I'm going to cut back for yeah. a month and then <laughs> reevaluate. But mm-hmm. the really, what I've learned doing this business for a long time is that there is no magic. It's like really yeah. long-term, consistent, boring habits that drive yeah. financial success. And I think that the benefit that you have is you've done so much now that you know how important it is to have the savings and what it's doing for you. And so I think it's really mm-hmm. like a sacrifice. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I um uh I, it just takes me, sorry, this just took me back to like my childhood. Um, again, I told you about my dad. We used to have these two, uh, he used to give me like two little, like, like little pencil case bags. Right. Mm-hmm. And one was labeled savings and one was labeled spending essentially checking. Right. And it was basically like my first version of like a checking account or a bank account. I get my allowance and it was a dollar and that would go into check checking. And if, you know, as it built up, he's like, you can move it to savings. Yep. And if you get to a certain amount, it'll earn interest and, you know, you'll add to that. Um, but it really forces you to think about how you're moving money along. Again, I was a kid and I perhaps found that really boring at the time, <laughs> um, even though it still sticks with me. So like, there's something to be said for that. Um, and it, it's funny, like in moments of econo- my own personal economic crisis, like in 2021, 22, it was like, those are like the things that I was thinking of. I was like, okay, well, if I move this here <laughs> and I let this grow, <laughs> um, but you're right. Um, and it, it, an audit would be, this would be a good time for me to do an audit for myself. Yeah. Yeah, and then also just make sure the amount that you're allocating towards like the different buckets. So the hard part is you really need to be saving towards your personal savings, your 401k. And then I would do an audit on the VUL and make sure that that's really going to serve you for what your mm-hmm. goal is. So I would do a full audit, which is not only that, but like to make sure that your spending is the way you want it to be and is aligning with your goals and then make sure that you're- Where I'm saving is serving me. It's serving you. And I would make sure the percentages and you make sure the savings comes out first. Like everyone always saves at the end of the month. And I'm a firm believer that your saving needs to come first and then you live on what's left. And that's really good to hear. I do. I do do that. Um, okay. Mainly because um, for exactly what you said, I, I know myself too well. <laughs> yeah. But that is actually really good to hear that that's good practice. <laughs> it's a great practice. Because then it goes into the savings account. And then because you have that mindset and you've got that young of like once it's in savings, it should stay there. doesn't work yeah. for everybody. Um, but for a lot of people- It's been working it's for me for the last couple of years. Yeah. So, so <laughs> then like once it's in there, you like think a little bit differently about taking it out versus taking it out of your checking. Yeah, I have it go yeah. immediately out of my paycheck, basically into Perfect. my savings. A, a percentage goes right out. Yep. So before I can even- see it touch it yeah <laughs> uh, we should say the obvious one too which is that we were talking about 401ks but does your company offer a match yes yeah and are you able to meet that that mm-hmm. always feels like you know lost money if you're not meeting it yes no i'm uh definitely have it so that it's met and like it's the the highest that i can um uh contribute while getting matched um getting right. matched so that's great I'm doing that but um yeah yeah that that that's happening so I've only been now seven months into this job so it's still it's still working its way out yeah, <laughs> yeah and I would give myself some grace because it was a 
quite a number of years where you were, you know, I mean, COVID was forever, right? Like it just never ended. So it's not going to be something that you can repair or rebuild in 12 months. Right, right. Fair, totally fair. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I think we do because, forget that. Yeah, we forget that. Because even like, for instance, when the stock market goes down, people always assume it'll come right back. And it's like you're working with less money on the bottom. So if you if you go down 20%, you actually have to come back 40 to get even, right? Because yeah, you... Right. That what you're earning is 20% less, and then therefore the growth is not as substantial as it once was. So it's the exactly. same difference with like getting yourself back up. It's it was like 36 months of needing to pull on your savings, which is exactly why it's there. It's going to take probably greater than 36 months to get back even, yeah, and then yeah. just surpass it. Yeah, I imagine I'm not the only one going through something like this because I was thinking about like, yeah, right? People <laughs> shaking their heads. That's really sweet. Yeah. Um, like the last 20 years, like we've said, have been volatile in, in our econo- in our economy as a whole, depending on, yeah. you know, more so maybe on what industry you're in, doesn't matter. But I can't be the only like, you know, woman or that has had to struggle in this very strange way with the up and downs of it all. So um, yeah, that's why I was like, I really wanted to talk to you both because I'm like, I know, forget me, but I know there are others that are literally going through the exact same thing, if not worse, you know? I I actually think that you're doing pretty good. I mean, you had the savings to be able to rely <laughs> on, which is yeah. huge. You recognize the importance of the savings. That's huge. You're back to already contributing to your 401k. That's big. You're able to stay in New York City. Like you've you've managed to make it work, even though it's not necessarily where you want it to be. Yeah, I think that I think you're right. I think it's I feel uncomfortable because it's not where this is not my comfort level. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're not drowning in credit card debt. You know, like you've got you've got things under control. Trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, no, I would agree. The fact, the fact you were able to stay in New York City was a testament to your savings, right? Because it's a very- Literally, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I thank you for that. Yeah, I sometimes look back and I'm like, yeah, I somehow managed to pay rent and feed myself and pay my utility, you know, like, again, the basics mm-hmm. of what, uh, but then you look back and you're like, that's where my money went. That's, you know, that's why I don't have any, yeah. or I have less than what I thought I had anyway, Yeah. But you can use those same skills to get it get it back. I just think you need to give yourself yeah. a little grace with like how long it'll take. Yeah. And then you can right. make it move faster depending on how willing you are to sacrifice. Like how, how much I want to sort of tighten versus mm-hmm. loosen. Correct. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, I always tell people it's like not, like Lindsay said, it's not permanent. You could say, okay, for three months, I really want to focus on savings and see where that gets me. And then I'll reevaluate it's yeah everyone always makes it out to be this like permanent cut it's like you can cut something for a week a month three months like it's it's up completely yeah. up to you and your life and where your life is but if yeah. you have like work is super stressful and you feel like you're going to be more thrifty like do that it doesn't have to be permanent and sometimes when you see the needle move so much on your savings and your home, you're like, oh, it motivates you yeah, to motivates you. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna keep doing this for a little longer yeah but I really like that also I mean again everyone's personality is different but like I the idea of like even giving yourself like a challenge like a mini challenge like yeah. you said if it's three months like that's actually kind of fun even though you're doing something yeah. like cutting yeah. <laughs> yeah the gamification of it yeah, yeah exactly I agree the other thing is, could you freelance? Like, like that's the other thing to always, you know, like 
you've obviously taken a pay cut and this job seems like a good one. So I wouldn't recommend like going and finding another job, but like freelance can be a great way to. I've been to looking then... into it. Yeah. Like to see yeah. like what I could do and still have the time to do it well, mm -hmm. given yeah. the full time um, job of it all. Uh, yeah. So I have been looking into it for that very reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which you could either save it or that could be your fun money. You yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. And that, that could also be like where I only take a freelance gig where I can do it Saturday mornings and I'm just committing to working every Saturday. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I say this is that's what, that's how I do the podcast. Like the mm. podcast is generally for me is Saturday mornings first mm -hmm. quarter. And yeah. so it's, it's just like my routine on Saturday mornings I make coffee and I podcast between eight and 12 and it works out great. I mean, yeah, I just yeah. have to have that delineation that it's not, I'm not coming home and having to do it afterwards that like Saturday mornings are usually free for me. So to mm -hmm. me, it's like a great way to use my time in my opinion, but so yeah. it could be like, you could, you could say, well, Friday night, then that way I'm not going out at all. If I take a freelance job, that's two hours. I'll do that every Friday week or, yeah, yeah. Monday, or I commit that week or whatever have you, but it seems like you, you, on the same vibe of like the gamification of it and so to me I just like have to always align something with like a schedule because then it works for me otherwise yeah it's all about the schedule yeah mm -hmm. I mean it sounds very much like when I was freelancing because there were many times out of that like I wasn't necessarily working like a Monday through Friday you know mm -hmm. traditional or sometimes it was Monday through Saturday or you know Sunday through whatever um so it's really about like, yeah, like, okay, this, this, if I put this in this block, I can do it and not have to think about it kind of thing or not have to worry about it rather. I wish there was like some magic bullet, but there. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's like, it's like dieting, right? Or like, you know, like, I mean, although one might argue there is a magic bullet now. <laughs> there, is, there is magic for dieting. There is now. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, right? Um, but to your point, yes, there is that one for sort of the basic math of it all, which is one plus one equals two. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is really helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. This was wonderful to hear uh, your it background was. and your experience. Oh, I hope so. I hope it was interesting. I'm sure there's lots, um, a lots more like dramatic stories out there <laughs> more interesting. I think, you know, I, I'm not sure dramatic's important. I think that just talking <laughs> about, about the basics that most people are dealing with every day is, yeah, is really yeah. key. Yeah. And yeah I'm, absolutely. I'm so glad you guys are doing this. I think this is very important, um, obviously in general, but certainly for women, because this is like, not everyone has a father who's a financial planner, who's teaching them how to save and spend. And even that doesn't always work, you know? Right. Um, so it's, it's important to hear it from one another. Oh, absolutely. And it's important to like, know that like life happens, right? Like you can plan your best, but life happens. You like, I would have never thought we'd ever live through a pandemic. That wasn't in any textbook when I went through my CFP. It was like, how do you plan for a pandemic? Like the entire world shuts down and industries are closed. Like you, yeah. you, there's like so many things over the course of your life that you just can't plan for. And I think being honest yeah. about sometimes your setbacks is just part of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. I think we can all attest to that. Yeah. Like when I, like I said, when I look back in the last 20 years, I'm like, none of this was like anything when I coming out of school that I was like, oh, I should probably think about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much.
Thank you. Thank you both. And it was so great meeting you, Barbara. It's so great seeing you again, Lindsay. <laughs> yes, we have to catch up properly. We do. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. But I really uh, thank you both for having me. And I hope, um, I hope this was uh, fun for you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.